The reading this morning is from Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. God, we just want to thank you for this time to gather together as your people, your family. And we pray that as we um, jump into this new Christmas series, that you would um, draw our minds back um, to the the real message of what Christmas is all about. Uh, For many of us, this is a time where we're busy and stressed out and a lot of things are happening Um, But, Lord, you have something that you want to remind us of in the middle of all of this. So we pray that our ears and our our eyes and our hearts and our minds would be attentive to what you have to say to us in your word today. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Um, After I had been dating my now wife, Shauna, for a few months, and she had determined that I was good enough... um, She invited me to come and meet her family for the very first time, and uh, I was already sold on Shauna by this point, and I was super keen to insert myself into her family already, Um, and so we got in the car and we drove. Um, I was working and living in Los Angeles at the time, and Shauna was there as well, um, going to uni, and her family lived in Las Vegas, which is a a four-hour drive away from L.A., And as soon as we got in the car, I'm like just thinking we're going to turn on some tunes and have some, you know, have some sweet conversation or whatever. She turns to me instantly, looks at me and says, now, here's everything you could possibly need to know about my family. And for the next 
few hours, she told me things I didn't know that I needed to know about them, things I didn't even need I needed to, knew I needed to know, like how her mom's pug dog was pretty much higher up on the family food chain than some of her other relatives, uh, or how her brother uh, was a state wrestling champion and he could pop my head off my body if he really wanted to. Um, but the discussion didn't end there. Uh, because I was not yet part of the family, I wasn't included, I was on the outside. She told, I was also told how I was supposed to behave um, around her family so that I'd make a good impression that they might welcome me in uh, and not embarrass Shauna with my behavior or whatever. And so after this four-hour TED Talk about Shauna's family, I was completely scared out of my mind when we finally arrived there. I had no idea what was going to happen. I thought, in no way are these people possibly going to welcome me, even if I get the slightest thing wrong. Because Shauna spent, like, just really exaggerated how, how much I had to get this right. Uh, if I said something wrong, if I did something wrong, and so I was just extremely freaked out. Fortunately for me, I'm, uh, I'm extremely charming and funny and smart and, most of all, incredibly humble. Um, and so, they took to me like peanut butter on jelly. Um, but, at least for that four-hour drive, all I could think about was how I had to get in the car and go way out of my way and get everything right. I had to be the perfect person. I had to know everything because if I didn't, well, that might mark the end of Shauna and I. Uh, no MacIver family, nothing. I would I'd be dumped and that would be it. Um, Family, when we think about it, is a, is a funny thing, isn't it? Um, we all have one. Uh, family is great. Family is messy. Family is fantastic. Family is stressful. Family causes you joy. Family affects you. Family never leaves you, whether you want them to or not. Family causes, uh, leaves you scars. We all have family of some sort. For some of us, um, that is our sort of our immediate nuclear family, our mom, dad, siblings, spouse, kids. For others of us, uh, it's our extended family that feels more like family to us, uh, aunties, uncles, cousins, grandparents. Uh, family, for others of us, means people who aren't related to me at all. Uh, friends, mentors, adoptive parents, teammates, work colleagues, online connections. Um, well, today, we are hitting the first December um, in the first Sunday in December, uh, and for us as a church, that means that we want to focus all eyes on Jesus. We think that's what Christmas is really all about. And I would argue that for us, um, regardless of what um, other things happen, usually Christmas also involves family, no matter who that is to you. Uh, we have these traditions where we will go out and gather, or people will come in and gather together um, that we feel closest with. We share a meal, we open presents, we spend extended time together. It's what we do. It's just the, just the thing. Um, but see, there's a, actually a bigger, fuller picture of family that actually happens in the Christmas story that we're going to look at today. Uh, it's actually the ultimate story of what family is. Um, that what we're really hoping to discover and experience is actually found in this Christmas story. What do I mean by that? Well, let's have a look again at the passage that was read for us. This is from Matthew chapter 1. 
verses 18 and following. It's on the screen. It says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So let's stop there for a second. Uh, We are told the birth of God's son into the world starts within a family uh, and not into a family without its own issues or dramas. In fact, Jesus enters into a family that was about to break up before it really even got started. Uh, Joseph finds out that his bride-to-be is pregnant and like Billie Jean, the kid is not his son. It's a Michael Jackson reference in case you didn't get that just smart like that. Um, Anyway, um, this scene, this happening, if this was you, this is is scandalous. It's stressful. Uh, It's broken already. Essentially, it's all the things that we often experience in our own families. Uh, It's not how Joseph certainly wants his family to begin like this. And so, Joseph, like all of us, he longed for wholeness and peace and a place that he could call home and feel comfortable in and normal. But this revelation about his fiance being pregnant has now changed everything. What do you do with that? Uh, this family is in dire straits, and he's, he, we are told that he wants out. But fortunately, the story doesn't end there. This family story is different from the many family stories that you and I experience. Uh, it goes on in verses 20 to 25, and says this. But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So, what's happening here? Joseph gets this vision of an angel speaking to him, and he tells him not to be afraid. Whenever an angel shows up, it's a pretty big deal. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. It's... It's a big deal. Um, But particularly when an angel shows up and says this line, do not be afraid, elsewhere in the Bible when that happens, something vitally significant follows. This angel tells Joseph that this is no ordinary baby that Mary is carrying around. This is God's son, and he is to call him Jesus. Uh, That name Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Yeshua, or where we get the English word Joshua. Um, which means the Lord saves. That's what Jesus means, Yeshua means. Uh, Names were inherently important back then. And this baby who is about to be born, well, his name says it all, really. Uh, He will be called Jesus because he is going to save people from their sins. But that's not the end of this description. Uh, See, a guy named Isaiah, or for you Aussie speakers, Isaiah, uh, who lived hundreds of years ago, prior to this event, he foresaw this happening. Uh, He wrote about it in the seventh chapter of his book in the Old Testament, which you can find. 
Um, Isaiah lived in a time when the nation of Israel was uh, in grave danger. Uh, the people had turned away from God and they pursued other things um, for their joy and their happiness other than him. And as a result of disavowing God um, and his spirit and his protection, it said foreign enemies were encroaching on this family of Israel and starting to tear it to pieces. Uh, this family, what they were going through, looked a lot like our families. Broken, frail, things happening, affecting family from the outside, things happening on the inside, um, where it's breaking it all apart. It's not as it should be. And Isaiah looks ahead and sees that despite Israel's rejection of God, God has not rejected his people, his children, and has a plan to rescue them, to, to bring them back to himself, to welcome them back again. And what is that plan, you might ask? Well, he says, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, just to clarify, if you're confused, um, Emmanuel is not the proper name that he was to bear but the function that this child was going to fulfill. Uh, elsewhere in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, he says this, uh, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Again, this baby isn't going to be actually named Prince of Peace or Mighty God. That's not his proper name, per se. But that's what he was going to be for all people. This baby born into this family is Emmanuel, this Hebrew word which means God with us. Which then begs the question that if Jesus' name wasn't actually Emmanuel, why didn't the translators of the Bible um, just write, he will be called God with us. He will be God with us. Why do they have to write, well, he will be called Emmanuel, which happens to mean God with us when you translate that. What? That seems like an unnecessary step to write. I'll tell you why. Um, you see, this story was and is today being read not by Jewish people who considered themselves as being God's family already, but it was being read by Syrians and Romans and Arabs and Persians and Greeks and Egyptians and Ethiopians and Spaniards and Britons and Armenians and Indians and so on and so forth. People who were previously not included into what other people believed to be God's family. That those people were on the outs. They weren't welcomed in. They weren't part of this family. And so in writing this as he did, he is speaking to both Jewish people and everyone else who normally wouldn't understand what this Hebrew word means. They would have no idea how to translate that word. And he's saying that not only is God with us, Jewish people, who uh, sort of already know this story of God and feel like they're part of God's family, but actually... Emmanuel means God is with all of us. He's not just with you, he's, he's with everybody. That's why we're telling you. Because of this baby, we all, no matter who we are, what we say, what we do, how we behave, whatever first impression we may make, we're all invited in and welcomed in as God's family. Unlike me getting into a car, driving for four hours, and being grilled on how to behave and act so that I would get it right to be welcomed into a family... God comes to us. Uh, the message of Christmas is that no matter how broken you are, no matter how scandalous you or others believe yourself to be, 
no matter what ethnicity or background or history you have, no matter what baggage that you may be carrying around, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to go anywhere in order to be welcomed as family. You don't have to get it all right. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to um, behave yourself. That God in Jesus has come to you. He is with you. And everything that you and I hope for and long for in our families is actually found in Him. So when you think about what you want your family to be like, unconditional love, check. Warm embrace, check. Never being reminded how messed up you are or the mistakes that you've made, check. Joining in with others that you can have fun with, share with, celebrate with, be loved by, check. It's all there. All of us are looking for the perfect family. Whether you have a healthy family or a broken family, we all have this innate desire to feel included and loved, uh, to have a place, a people that we can call home. Um, and as we start off this Christmas season, and we, as we uh, unravel these next few weeks, we're going to be, God's Word wants to remind you that this family has come to you. That Jesus has come and pitched his tent with us. He's welcomed us in. He's made us family. Um, you don't have to go to him. You don't have to be right. You don't have to do anything. He's come to you. And I don't know what your family is like. If you're actually looking forward to getting together with your family on December 25th or if you're dreading it. But Emmanuel means that regardless of who you consider to be your family and your place in it, there is a family that you are welcomed into no matter what. The family of God. That he so loved you that he wasn't willing to wait around for you to get your act together and drive out to him and get everything right. But he came to you in Jesus. We're going to end our time together by taking communion. If you're unfamiliar with what communion is, it's simply uh, an act of sharing a meal together and recognizing that this, what this meal stands for. On uh, the last night of his life, Jesus sat down with his family and uh, he took a piece of bread and he broke it and he reminded them, this is my body that's been broken for you. In the same way, he took a cup and uh, invited them to drink and said, this is my blood that's been poured out for you. And whenever we do this, Whenever we take these elements, eat this meal together, we're, we're reminded that it doesn't matter who we are, where we've come from, what we've done, that God has actually come to us. He's the one that made the first step. And uh, he's the one that has invited us to be family. When I think about family, the picture that I get is uh, sitting around the table and sharing a meal. And that's exactly what Jesus invites us into. That as we take these elements, he's saying, you are welcome to sit at this table. My table is my family. You don't have to be good enough or smart enough or have, know all the answers or whatever. You are welcomed because I paid the price for you. I'm going to invite those who are helping me serve communion to come on forward. And as they do, I'm going to pray. Let's pray together. Jesus, we just want to thank you that you have come. As we think about this Christmas season, many of us will have a million other things on our minds, things that we have to do, events that we have to be at, uh, family that we need to meet with, presents we need to buy. It's a very stressful time of this season. 
But regardless, you want to remind us that the most important message that we ought to be reminded of is that we are your family, that you sent your son to be Emmanuel, God with us, that we don't have to, no matter how broken or stressed out or busy or whatever we are, it doesn't matter because you came to us. We pray that as we um, move through this Christmas season, as we take these elements now, that we would be reminded of exactly what you've done for us, that you came, you died, you rose again so that we might have life and be welcomed in as your family and that we can find everything that we need in you. We pray that, God, as we share these things together, um, we would be thankful uh, that you have welcomed us in. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.